it's not necessarily a child yet. Um, and so what you're doing is you're stopping uh, or aborting before it becomes that, right? Before it it has the ability to form into that. I, I look at it no different than saying, you know, I, 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 I off and, and boom, I spill some sp- sperm. It's the exact same thing to me in that. Boom, I spill some sperm? What? What up, what up, what up, what up? It's three brothers, no sense. I am Tavares Ferguson. Join my co-host, Rozzy Buff, and our special guest, Fred Maxey. Uh, let me introduce Fred first. Fred is uh, uh, one of the brothers I hang with quite often in uh, Houston. We got real cool after me being a typical Ferg and being a and me and Fred having a little uh, come to Jesus meeting. But uh, since that day, uh, I consider this brother like a brother. Um, he's my partner in crime with the Houston Lamplighters. He is a fellow asshole. So that's part of the reason Fred is on the show. I might not be the most hated today. We'll see. We'll let the audience decide. But uh, Fred, introduce, introduce yourself to the people. And then brothers, you know what to do. Yeah, like you said, Fred Maxey, uh live in Houston, Texas. Two beautiful young ladies that I have as daughters. Nothing more to really say about myself. That's about it. Okay. We'll, we'll find out more about Fred as the show goes on. Fellas, what's on your mind? Uh, congratulations on the uh, the Lamplighters uh, trip, man. I saw saw the pictures and stuff, you guys actually put actions behind your words and stuff. So that's always important to me. So I wanted to, I know you're probably going to bring it up too, but I wanted to give you some shine on that. I I appreciate that. So I'm glad we have Fred. Fred, it would not have been possible without Fred. Fred is my right hand man with this. Um, He's every bit as much involved as I am. Uh, Probably more because I depend on him a lot. So you guys know I don't like asking for help, but Fred probably doesn't believe that because I hit him up. God knows almost every day asking something, needing something from him. So uh, I appreciate it, brother. But we'll, we'll definitely hit on that. Right. You got anything else for us, Buff? I know you got some stuff. It's, it's been Just, crazy uh, in your world. Uh, uh, I know. I will get to that. But celebrities, dog, like this is a, this been like we, we hadn't recorded in two weeks now. It's been like a heavy celebrity just news dump from how Lil' Kim looks at the BET Awards to people arguing about if Young Miami should be mad at Diddy for not mentioning her. Kimberly Elise spouting off her opinion about Roe v. Wade. R. Kelly got 30. 30 you know years. I don't rock with Kimberly Elise anyway. <laughs> I don't so know what it is about it's her. Just, and, and then I've been in like a social media argument all day with, she actually was a, a guest on the show, Ashanti Young. She posted about, I think it's Haley. Cause it's Chloe and Haley, right? So, yeah. Haley babies. Ha- Haley, Haley. Oh, Haley. My bad. My bad, Haley. Yeah. But um, I guess she has a rapper boyfriend, and uh, that became a divisive subject in itself, and what she was wearing on the red carpet. So, just a lot going on with celebrities, which I usually try to avoid. But 
They've been everywhere these last two weeks. Yeah, yeah Aura with the thirty years, bro. I was like, you know, good uh, because you know we had our we had our episode on whether we could listen to him or not. Now that he's in jail, so. I'm gonna let y'all know my take on it is now that he in prison, he ain't getting back out. Woo, I'm about to step in the name of love. Is it let the R. Kelly uh, station play, bruh? <laughs> you can't you can't wait, huh? Can't wait. I've been I've been you holding gonna, on. It's not gonna just organically happen. It's just like it's already already on the on the table, right? It's I, I ain't did it yet, but uh yeah, tomorrow that's probably gonna be my playlist tomorrow while I'm working. You know, Alexa. He, he still has more it's charges right. to face too, right? Mm-hmm. He has like yeah, more he ain't getting back yeah. out. Yeah. He ain't never getting out. So at this point, he can't he can't terrorize anybody anymore. So now I can enjoy his music, um, and let everybody else that is on that cr- take credit, get their royalties and all that stuff because he can't use that money to do nothing. Put some ramen noodles on his books. I mean, whatever it is. But I'm good now. I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you're happy, Rosie. <laughs> you know, the king of R and B. I thought that was Bobby Bobby Brown. No, no, no. I mean, Bobby Brown is a self-proclaimed king he, of RB. He, he did it. He did it first. Aura came behind him and said it, and nobody nobody questioned it. So at this point, but at that, I mean, but if I go by that logic, Jeremiah or Jeremiah is the new king of RB. Didn't he say it and nobody no. questioned him on it either? <laughs> no, he got questions. He, 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 he definitely got questions. <laughs> but talking about celebrities, though, did y'all see that uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, they settled his estate. Uh, it was about a $3.2 million, $3. million estate. Uh, and there was a whole bunch of questions on folks talking about he should be worth more and why the estate and yada, yada, yada. I just wanted to break that down for everybody because, you know, I love money and I love finances. Um, he had a $12 million estate. Or he had $12 million net worth, but he only had a $3 million estate because when somebody dies, anything that's held, held jointly with your spouse automatically goes to you and it doesn't go into the estate. And so that's really why he only had a $3 million estate when his net worth was much more than that. His wife automatically got all the stuff that was jointly owned. So this was the money that was not jointly owned in an account by itself, you know, some property that was just in his name, that type of stuff. That stuff was actually went into a state, went through probate. He didn't have a will. So it went through the uh, courts to get divvied up. His wife actually is the person that petitioned the, uh, the courts to split it between her and her um, and his parents. So it's not the courts did all this crazy stuff and how did the how did the parents get it and the wife didn't get it all. The wife was the one that asked. She uh, and the court said yes. So she got like one point three. Parents got one point three. Then the court got like seven hundred, eight hundred thousand uh, out of it in fees and stuff like that because that's what happens. So with that being said, people, get yourself a will. Get a will. Get a will. Get a will. Because if you have any assets, anything like that. You don't want that to have to go through the uh, probate because if it does, all kind of fees, all kind of taxes, all kind of stuff is going to get taken out. You got to pay stuff. Uh, anything that you owe individually has to get paid before you can get paid out, that type of stuff. If you have debt that's individually owned, but you don't have any money that has to go through an estate, then those folks can't get their money. Uh, they just have to chalk it up. So little stuff like that. So I'll tell you, make sure you have a will. 
Uh, make sure you do some type of estate planning uh, and know what you're going to do with all this stuff when you die. No matter how much or how many assets you have, you need to make sure you take some time to do that. Uh, and as we all have seen, you never know when that's going to happen. So don't think I'm too young. I don't need one or anything like that. Make it happen. Go do it right now. So what's the most common like I know we're not having the will, the things we see for the non Chadwick Bowman, Bowman uh, state people, like, is it cars, houses? What What is it usually that you see that people aren't paying attention to for the average yeah, it, 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 it could be anything, man. Cars, houses, bank accounts. Like if you got a few thousand dollars in the bank account and nobody on there, no pay on death beneficiary or it's not jointly owned, that ends up going into an estate. Somebody has to go get an estate, become an executor before the bank's going to release that money to them. So it could be a couple thousand dollars in the bank. If you don't have somebody on there, uh, you're going to have to end up going through the state and go through pro- probate just to get that money released up. So, I mean, like you said, cars, um, houses, any type of assets uh, that you have is going to have to get the court's going to have to decide who gets it if you don't have a will. So if it's, if it's a will, other people don't have to be on on the account. Like say a house, you, you know, your parents own a house. Well, no, it, if if it's a will, it still goes through probate, but the court doesn't have to decide what happens with it because the will tells them what happens. So you don't get as many fees along okay. with going through probate. Um, so what's the difference the with a trust? Thing to do is, uh, I mean, a, a trust is... A little bit more advanced. I probably wouldn't worry about a trust if you you worried about you know a few thousand dollars that type of thing. Usually a trust is I got a big lump sum of money that I want to be able to control after my death, uh, or I want somebody else to control it for say my kids, or you know I don't trust my adult kids. I don't want to give it to them. I want to give it to them over seven years or ten years. I want to divvy it out to them. I'll put that money into a trust so that it can get divvied out and somebody else can manage it and control it. And so you see that a lot with. Um, you know, drug addicts as family members, I want to give them money, but I can't give them all of it in one spot. So I'll put set up a trust that somebody will be the trustee to divvy that money out to them slowly so that they don't mess it all up and go, you know, smoke it all up tomorrow. So um, a trust is really good if you kind of don't trust or, or need to be able to control the money after your death. Okay. Thank you, Rosie. Yeah. Fred, anything going on with you? you got some rest? No, no, I'm still tired. <laughs> Hadn't got any rest. Uh, still running around. I don't know if you hit a low one. She's downstairs screaming. So, Harpeasy. Yeah, no rest. Oh, uh, man. I, we was uh, PSA. If you ever charter a bus company, make sure you thoroughly vet them. We had probably the worst bus company experience ever. Call them out. What's the name? Brett Garcia Transportation in Houston, Texas. Do not, I repeat, do not use them. Well, I'm not going to say do not use them. If you plan on being anywhere on time, do not use them. If you would like to communicate with your bus driver in English, do not use them. If you would like your bus driver to wake up and be at the bus when you tell him to be at the bus, do not use them. Uh, Wi-Fi, do not use them. If you would like to enjoy all of your trip and not have to leave early, do not use them. Uh, what am I missing, Fred? 
Uh, to see them to try to accommodate to you. Oh yeah, yeah. If you if if you would like to make your own music selections that are you know that's that's an example of accommodation. You know, let's say you had about twenty five black people on the bus and they might all kind of have some common musical taste outside of whatever radio station we listen to, to everything from Celine Dion to freaking Cindy Lauper. Do not use them. Uh, just bad. But I will say this. This is why I know Fred is. So I'm, I always try to, <laughs> you know, when you, you do something, people provide a service, you tip. And Fred and I are about tipping. All of us are about tipping. But, you know, sometimes I feel guilty just because somebody provided a service. I'm a tip anyway. Not my homeboy for it. Fred started putting that money back in his pocket slowly but surely. And by the end of the trip. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. He just waited. Are you one of those folks that like put the tip on the table at the beginning of the uh, night and then you just take money off as uh, the service is bad? That's how I dealt with this bus. We started out at like 10 to 15 percent. And by the time we got done with the trip, we had got down to like three hundred dollars. Ten percent would have been well, 15 percent would have been fifteen hundred dollars. And by the time we got done, we were at 300. And after the last incident we had, I put the 300 back in the bag. Like it's over. Yeah. They were sitting there. We unloaded the bus. They're sitting there waiting on us. You know, that, that handout look. Mm-hmm. Fred just gave him one of these. <laughs> it's like, y'all are good. <laughs> and they drove off. They called us. I know they called us every. I don't even know uh, Spanish, but I know we got called all kind of racial slurs, everything. But hey, all's fair. You know, I would have gave him the money just because I felt obligated. But, you know, that is actually a good learning lesson. I mean, they provide a service. They're going to get paid regardless. They're going to get their pay. It's just if you don't do your job properly, I'm not obligated to pay you anything extra. Right. A tip is for excellent service. Yeah. A tip is for going above and beyond. And, and they barely did their job. So. Yeah. So. Wow. So. Fred, just the look on his face when we got back on the bus is like, uh, here, here you go. They're done. But um, outside of that, this trip. So I'll get this out the way. This trip for you all, for you all that don't know. Fred and I are the directors for the Houston Omega Lamplighters, and we took our guys, almost 20 young men, on a college tour and a youth leadership conference from Louisiana, from left Texas and made it all the way to Florida. We stopped in Louisiana, Baton Rouge, hit Southern University, uh, LSU, New Orleans, Dillard and Xavier, and then finally FAMU in Florida State. But to see these young men have worked with some of them for three, four years and to the point we got off the bus was just miraculous. Even just the, the growth and the bonds and just everything that I've been wanting in this program over the last few years, I think we finally started getting. So I started seeing the, the fruits of our labor, our, our, our long discussions, our beating our head against the wall, trying to hopefully help them build that rapport and those bonds. But I will say in my 20 years in the frat, this definitely was one of, if not the most fulfilling moments I've had in the fraternity. I mean, just to see them, 
um, it's it's almost like how you think you got it. You think you're cool. You know, you these guys thought they knew what the program was like. And when we left Houston to the way they they've been talking about it ever since we got back, even on the bus. I mean, they didn't stop singing. They stayed up all night hanging out and just bonding. And it was a thing of beauty. And um, I, I couldn't have ch- I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm very excited about the future of the program, what we have up next. We have a lot of good things in the works. Our team is getting stronger. I think everybody starts to starting to see that next step and. Uh, I want to thank Fred publicly for uh, being patient with me, helping me uh, get that vision going and being patient, you know, because I know me. Anything else? No, um, I'll just say I echo that. And and to the parents out there, um, this is a testament to letting your kids go on the trip, that trip, that that out of state trip that, you know, the band trip, the whatever trip. I'm interviewing for a school leader on the school board that I'm on. And one of the big things that one of the candidates talked about was exposure and kids doing well on the ACT or the SAT. And the biggest thing that they've identified is kids that are being exposed. So field trips are a huge thing. International field trips, out-of-state field trips, those things are huge for kids to do well um, uh, and have those life experiences. So parents, when you're trying to make that decision, uh, or whether to let the kid go to trips like this, err on the side of let them go. If, if they got in trouble or whatever, this trip may be the thing that kind of get, like Ferg said, it gets them back focused on, I do want to go to college. I want to do something. So don't don't think, oh, they're doing something bad, so they're not going to go on these trips. Like Let them get exposed uh, to those trips. Punish them a different way. Uh, but don't take these things away when that happens. Don't bring them bad kids on this trip. <laughs> nah, man, those, our guys were great, man. Uh, you got some knuckleheads and teenagers being teenagers, but you got to have a disciplinary on them. But I agree, it, exposure is huge. I think that was one of the things that helped me out growing up is coming from a different environment, being exposed to things. Uh, was great, you know. So for all the parents who are listening on, you know, Inspire You On Air, the new beat of the Bay, any of our listeners that are listening on any of our podcast uh, sites like Apple Podcasts and stuff like that, if you're interested in your children doing something like this, your young men doing something like this, go research. There are um, lamplighter chapters all across the country, and a lot of them are doing the exact same thing. It's a great program. It's for young men approximately 13 to 18 in high school, uh, late middle school through high school. So check it out. Outside of that, that's all I got. Oh, real quick, though. I did have a story uh, I wanted to tell y'all. So y'all want to hear a joke? I had a guy, um, one of my friends, he used to work in construction, uh, but he was like, I'm, I'm not strong enough to do it. I was like, did you put in a two-week notice? <laughs> Is Sophie asleep? <laughs> she is not. She's in there. <laughs> okay, let's go we'll get Sophie. Nope. Yeah, this is what y'all get tonight. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> you, you, but you always think it's funny. I do. I do. But that was a good one, though, man. I don't care. <laughs> All right. So we have a guest on today. 
And the reason I chose Fred is we had a lot of interesting conversations over the weekend. But one of the most interesting and I think we we're going to hit on anyway was the overturning uh, a reversal, excuse me, of Roe v. Wade. And Byron, as our our resident politician, our political expert, can you give the people a rundown of what uh, Roe v. Wade is and what does the reversal mean? Um, forget calling it Roe v. Wade. Basically, um, Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, it just allowed women women access to uh, abortions. Now, different states in the country try to tinker with it a little bit, but the Supreme Court has reversed it now to where it will be up to the states solely as versus uh, it being like a, a federal thing. So we know states like Mississippi, your state, well, you and Fred State, Texas, and, and many others are probably going to go wild with it to where they're going to not only ban abortions, because I think it's almost like three types of people when it comes to abortions. There's people, you have your people that say abortions for no reason whatsoever, whether it's rape, incest, uh, a threat to the health of the woman, no matter what, they don't believe in abortion. Then you have another segment of people that say, well, I don't believe in abort- abortions, but if it means the mother's health or she was raped or incest, then yes. And then you have the third group that feel like women should have a choice. It's their body. And if they want to have the baby, they can. If they don't, they should be able to abort. And so when you have those three types of segments, you have states that will go to the extreme like Mississippi, where their house speaker said a 12-year-old that was raped by her father is his personal belief that she should have to carry out that baby and have that baby. And that's the fear that people in those type of states will be forced to have a baby when they don't want to. Okay, okay. Yeah, I saw saw a post that said, um, now rapists can basically choose the mother of their children. That that hit right there. When When you showed us that, that hit, man. So before we start going down the path, that's going to be ooh, it's going to be very, very interesting. We're going to be civil, yeah. We're going to be civil. I th- yeah, I think um, because I want to, I want to attack this from two points because this is where Fred comes in. Fred is extremely logical, and I think that's the reason we we get along very well. Is there is a moral part to this moral? And I'll tie in religious beliefs and all this stuff and the mor- morality of it. And there is the legal portion. So I think before we go down that path, because I think every uh, most people are getting upset because they look at the moral morality portion of it. Would you guys like to state you can you can, you know, your moral standings with the whole abortion thing? What do you want to bypass? You can you can. How do we feel morally about it? Yes, because I think that's because your 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 legal views might not coincide with your moral views. So. Oh, I got you. Okay, all right. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll go first. I mean, because I I think for me they they align pretty well. Um, I I, I think looking at it strictly from a scientific standpoint, right? A fetus isn't viable. Um, they are at until about 20, 22 weeks. We know that um, it, it's it's not necessarily a child yet. Um, 
And so what you're doing is you're stopping uh, or aborting before it becomes that, right? Before it it has the ability to form into that. I, I look at it no different than saying, you know, I I I, I off and, and boom, I spill some sperm. It's the exact same thing to me in that. Boom, I spill some sperm? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, you know, I look at it, I look at it from that perspective of it's not it hasn't gotten to that point yet. Um, and so I, I don't feel like inception is a life. Um, I, and, and that's the difference for me. So morally, I feel like there's a choice there that to stop it before it becomes that, um, that egg, that sperm together fetus before it becomes a viable fetus. Um, that's, I think when, you can say, okay, that that that's when science has cut it off and said, here's when the cutoff is. That's when that's where all the laws lie there. So for me, morally, I I I don't see an issue with it. No different than, like I said, I mean, any other type of moving removing a cell. So so we have one for pro-choice. I, well, like I said, that's the, my moral position. I am pro-choice. I mean, okay, but okay, if, morally, if we're going to do that, but morally, pro-choice. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Who's up next? I'll be short. I'll, I'm morally pro-choice. I'll just keep it at that. Brett? Um, as far as me, for me myself, I would never choose an abortion. But I am pro-choice for anyone else to make that decision for themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. Your your choice is life for you, but you have the choice. And I'm with Fred. You know, like for for my wife and I, I actually it's actually a great example is I'm pro-choice, and I if everything works out fine or there's no health issues, then I'm 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 for my household. I, I would choose to keep the baby or to carry through with the pregnancy. I know we've had complications with pregnancies before. And at this point in my life, I have a wife and two kids and it's not worth the risk of my wife's health. And we've taken precautions to uh, make sure she doesn't get pregnant again. But if that happened, I think we would have to lean towards that choice because I can't put her and my the rest of my family at risk. But in a nutshell, I'm pro-choice. And I think that's a perfect example of the argument. So I think we all can, we all have similar views morally. Now, here we go with the legal aspect. How do you feel like the judgment was handled? Where do you stand legally on the reversal? Who wants to start? Well, Oh, yeah. Go go first, Buff, because I want to I want to hear you. Oh, well, you I was going to say, well, we kind of we kind of touched on this during the uh, confirmation hearing of hearing of uh, Katanji on how useless uh, judicial hearings are for Supreme Court nominees. And to me, before I get to the whole legal part, to me, disprove that they are useless because we got, I think, two or three justices that voted in favor of overturning Roe v. Wade. I'm struggling with that. Roe v. Wade that said during their hearing process that they wouldn't do that. So Right. It was set a law. Yeah. yeah, They they flat out lied. So we might as well just do away with that whole 
uh, hearing that hearing process. Uh, legally, I don't I don't like that like how it was happening. I mean, how it um how it was handled, and I also I don't think they're that upset about the leak. I remember when we got the leak a couple of months ago. They was like, we're going to investigate this. You know, this has never happened before. Nah, I, I think they wanted to go ahead and, and get that temperature taken on how the public was going to react. So when they officially came out with it, I mean, people are still upset, but it's like, it's not as bad as it would be if it was just complete surprise. Like we knew this was coming. Uh, so I don't yeah. like how it was handled. Go ahead. When it leaked, I, no, when when they overturned it, I've actually heard people that I thought that already happened. Like they were, yeah. it, it was, yeah. you know, it was, it wasn't a surprise anymore. Right. You know, if you would have yeah. woke up without the leak and it's like, oh yeah, by the way. No, it's like, yes. oh really? I Almost like when you, when you hear celebrity died, it's like, oh, I thought he died like years ago. Like you're, you forgot all about it. it it's, it, you've moved on from the situation. So, um, and, and the last I don't think thing it I'll was, uh, is, I was going to say the last thing I'll say is the Democrats missed an opportunity because for years they had the freedom of choice act where they could have uh, passed it. Um, I don't know if it started with Obama, maybe before Obama, but I know when Obama, you know, briefly had that supermajority. And when he campaigned in 08, he said that would be the first thing that he would do. But of course, in his defense, the whole banking crisis happened and it no longer became the priority that he said it would be. But the fact is, Democrats had an opportunity to make this law and they didn't. And once again, as I always say, Republicans are just so much better at politics that, I mean, they're running up the score. Like, they don't even have the majority in any branch of government right now. Well, Supreme Court. But in the White House and Congress, they don't. And they're still running up the score. Who's next? They play the long game. I'll, I'll, I'll go so then we can save Fred for the last, because I, I, from my understanding, he has a, a interesting uh, point of view on this. So, um... I want to say I I don't agree. Well, I don't agree with the ruling, first of all. But unfortunately, I've heard a couple of arguments about, oh, it's not explicitly let, uh, in the Constitution for the uh, federal government to own that that decision. So it, it that's why the Supreme Court struck it down, because it's, it's basically legislating from the bench to say Roe v. Wade or, or, or anything like that, that women's choice. What I will say is that I personally do think it's in the Constitution when it talks about women uh, or men and women created all 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 men are created equal. Um, you you have you know your your body and and you are an individual and a person. I think it's it's your personal property. Um, it's it's you saying I can't even own my body. It's my body inside of my body. You're you're taking this this you know, clump of cells and, and, and you just got to kind of remember that's what it is at this point, a clump of cells and saying that that is more important than my life or my choice in my body. You're going to force me to grow something in myself. Uh, and so my body and my choice does not matter. So I do think it, it is well within the federal government's constitutional right to set restrictions on that. Um, and so I don't agree with it for that because I do think it is, it does fall in the purview of the federal government to be able to regulate that. Um, 
and say what is personally liable and what you can do. Uh, there's no difference than illegal search or seizures, anything like that. The, the gov- federal government has put restrictions on what local governments can do with personal property. And your personhood is your personal property as well. Uh, so I do feel like it's constitutional. And I feel like this, it, it, one, it's the wrong call. Um, I think it's on the wrong side of history. I don't think Republicans care is the other part about it. I, I just feel like it's a bunch of people that are like, oh, we have this single issue vote that we're going to worry about. And so they've, like Byron said, they're so good at playing the long game and doing it, packing, putting people in place to get this overturned. They've been working on overturning this for 20 years plus. So it, it is not something that they did overnight. It's they've systemically been working toward getting it, putting the uh, justice in. That's one of the main questions they asked when they're vetting them. They knew that they were trying to put enough people in. And as soon as they got that majority, you got to think about as soon as they got knew they had enough votes that would overturn it. Boom, they automatically went and they, they passed the laws because, again, they're good at politics on the local level, too. They passed the laws in the local levels that they knew were probably going to end up going back up to the Supreme Court. Uh, and that's why they made them so restrictive so that they knew the ACLU or somebody was going to sue so that it would go to the Supreme Court uh, so that the Supreme Court could rule on it. That's exactly that. They've played this to a T. So they've done it right from a political standpoint. But legally, I feel like it's still not right. But well, voting like has a, such consequences. I was going to say voting has such consequences, man. Like those combined less than 70,000 people that didn't vote or voted Green Party or Trash Party or whatever they voted. And because she had some emails out there or she said Super Predator back in the 90s, they didn't vote for Hillary. Three Supreme Court justice picks she would have had. They went to Trump. And now we have a 6-3 majority conservative court with lifetime appointments. Okay, but, you know, people couldn't get over her saying super predator. So here we are. Mm, on the side of, that's a very interesting take on a president, though, because I know a lot of people argue about the power of the president and stuff like that, and they'll vote for everybody but the president. But that is that is a... That is a huge thing that's like that's looming. And this is a perfect example of the power of the president and the the, the long term impact that and have have we ever had a president that did three? Is that the most? In one term, I think yeah. I think that's the most yeah. in one term. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean you you can't foresee that. You know, you can't foresee that, but it's just this is how it played out. And no, not only did it play out that way, it it played out with one of the most controversial presidents in, you know, in history. Right. So it just happened to be with the, Will we still having this conversation of George Bush would have did it. Or, you know, it was just so. I don't know with Trump is just everything just so in your face. But Fred, take it away. Um. Let's see where we go with this. Um, I personally think that the legal decision, I think, was correct. I agree with pretty much everything or most of the stuff that you guys said. I agree that the Republicans played the long game, that they planned this out. They've been working on it since it happened. And one of the reasons that 
they have been working on this since it happened is because it was such a bad legal precedence. They made up something to get this case across. And I feel like this is something that should be in the state's hand. It should be in the people's hand. The people should be able to decide this. And I told you, I'm pro-choice. However, it's not something that the justices should be making a decision on. And I ask people that say they should this. If they had decided the reverse, would you think they should make this decision? If they said that abortion is completely illegal, would you still think that the Supreme Court should make the decision? Or is it based on the fact that they decided the way you want them to decide? Because there's nothing in the Constitution that I would say explicitly gives the right for an abortion, but there's nothing constitutional that you can give that can back this. I like the way Rozzy put it to it being a property, a part of your property, but there are a lot of arguments that could go against that. Won't get into all that, but just this case from the very beginning, there was a lot of things that were left out when they first argued this case. They have no facts. They had no data about abortions. This case was never supposed to be argued about abortion. This case went to the Supreme Court because of federal procedure. There was a doctor who was included in this case, and they were simply seeing if he could be tried by the federal government instead of being tried on the state level. And they wound up deciding on abortion. So it's just a lot of logistics that happened that this case should have never been with the Supreme Court. There's nothing constitutional that gives them the right to make this decision. And like I say, I think it's up to the people to make such an important decision. It's up to the states. It should be in the hands of the people. And I made a post that I told people the reason that I keep telling people that overturning Roe v. Wade did not make abortion illegal is because if you truly are pro-choice, you need to figure out where to focus your energy. Stop getting mad at the Supreme Court and go to your state. Fight with the legislators in your state because that's where it's at. It's in the people's hand to make their state governments make this decision. So now if you really want to have abortion legal, you have to stop being on social media saying, oh, Roe v. Wade did this or buying shirts that say Roe v. Wade did this and go to the governor of Texas, go to the legislators in Texas and Arkansas, Oklahoma. That's where you have to focus your energy. So, Any thoughts, fellas? I, you know, I got a lot of them. Um, so I, I think you, one, you're trying to make, you're trying to separate them like we can't do both. It's not like we 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 should not be going to our state legislatures and trying to do all, all of that what you said because of what the the overturning Roe v. Wade did, right? We we now this is what we gotta do. That's the next step. That doesn't mean we can't go and make an outroar or an uproar about Roe v. Wade did these things and now you overturned them off after 50 years of precedent and and saying, oh nope. We, we want to change it, which the Supreme Court has every right to do. Right. They can do that. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that they didn't have the right to do it. They 100 percent did. But. 
how a case comes to the Supreme Court, how it winds its way, how you know they ended up deciding on abortion based on Roe v. Wade. That does not matter. They did it um, because they saw that it was a what that court felt was it was a woman's right to have access to that uh, safe abortion um, because again going back to it's their right it's their body their choice they have a right to their body and what they do with their body so that's what the court that's what roe v wade decided uh, you know ultimately uh and so no we can't we can't try the 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 uh, doctor in this case because she had a right to do that that's what they decided so that's how it ended up getting around to saying abortion was legal because we can't try the doctor for doing it because it was the woman's choice by doing that they set that precedent that no lower court could try a doctor for doing it giving access to women to have safe abortions so how it came through does not matter what they decided is what matters in that case by them doing that they did make it illegal because no lower court could try somebody for doing the abortion they couldn't try the woman as murder because they identified that at this time period science says that it is not a viable child it is not a child at this uh, point in time so it is not a murder case the supreme court has every right to do that the constitution gives them the right to do that that literally is their job is to look at lower courts decisions and say is it constitutional or not are you right or not can you do that or not that is the Supreme Court's job. So the Constitution gave them the authority to do that. So now they set that precedent to say, legal standing wise, you cannot do that lower courts. So no, it is not that the Constitution didn't give them the authority. The Constitution 100% gave them the authority to say that based on the laws that are on the books right now, you can't try these people. It is not illegal. So no states, you can't make a law that says it's illegal in your state right? Because federally, that woman has a right to do that. That's what we've decided. So they do have the authority to do it. They do. They they can say that a lower court or a state's um, you know, law is unconstitutional based on that rights that they already uh, have in the Constitution. So I, I, don't, I don't get what you're saying with the whole it's not in the Constitution for them to be able to do it because 100% is. No, no, no. 100% you're right. The Constitution gives the Supreme Court all the power to go back and look at look at a state's decision and decide if it's constitutional or not. However, in order for them to decide if it's constitutional, they must have a constitutional basis. The Supreme Court, when they decided Roe v. Wade, they made up a doctrine saying that she had the right to privacy. Nowhere in the Constitution. They made this up. Simply, unlawful search and seizure does not mean privacy. Search and seizure has nothing to do with this, and no, it's not about the right to privacy. Search and seizure is completely different than this. Search and seizure has nothing to do with a fetus. You can't search and seize someone's fetus. No, no, but you can't search a person. I have, I have a right to my body. You can't search my body. You can't search my person. You yeah. Same reason we you have HIPAA absolute, laws. HIPAA you says absolutely you can't get. have a right to privacy. You absolutely yes. do. That's why you no, have no, to get no. a warrant before saying, you get searched. I am not saying you don't have a right to privacy. I am saying there is nothing constitutional about what they tried to make up with the right to privacy to try to use this for abortion. 
as far as the constitutionality of the Supreme Court making a decision, 100%, the Supreme Court can come in and make a decision. However, the Supreme Court made this decision based on moral views. We all said morally that we think a woman should have the choice. I agree. She should have the choice to have an abortion. But this is not something that based on the Constitution, if you look at the Constitution, you can find nothing in this Constitution. If you go by legal doctrine, there is nothing in the Constitution that is going to give the federal government a right to make this decision. It's just like something like capital punishment. Whether you agree with capital punishment or not, that is something that the states decide because the states are over their criminal law. So unless it's a federal law, then the states decided. Abortion is not something that should be decided on a federal level. And again, I ask, if they had decided it the other way, how many people that are supporting Roe v. Wade would say that the Supreme Court should not be making this decision? How many people would say that it should be in the in the hands of the people to make this decision? It should be on the uh, uh, state level. But since they said it's okay, to why, 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 why do you why do you keep equating the hands of the people to state level? Go, the federal government is in the hands of the people as well. But if the Supreme Court makes the decision, that's not in the hands of the people. That's in the Supreme Court's hands. It'd be completely different if the legislator came in and made a law. If they and they have that option, you, uh, no, no, the, the the Supreme Court interprets laws. That is their job. They interpreted the law to say that woman had a right to her privacy and that she could have a safe abortion. So they interpreted what was out there existing in the what laws did they today. Interpret? Tell me one law they interpreted. They used their moral compass to make this decision. That's the point. They did not use any law. They did not legally come about this decision. They used their moral compass. The same thing we're all saying. We all say we believe a woman has the right to have an abortion. We all believe that. If we had the vote today, we would all vote yes. She has the right to make that decision. But if you looked at the law saying that the Supreme Court should make this decision based on the Constitution, they should not make this decision. This is not something what? that is in the purview of the Supreme Court or the federal government. It is something so, that's so, 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 again, you. so you're agreeing. Oh, go ahead. Go, Buff. Let me ask you something. What what other medical procedure is outlawed? What other medical procedure is outlawed? Yeah. That a, a person for themselves chooses to do. What What's outlawed? That doesn't, like, obviously they can't tell a doctor to kill me. But what what medical procedures outlawed? I mean, that's one, but what's one? I really don't know. I haven't looked into that. That's, that's what I'm saying. This is at the end of the day. This because right, none exactly. of them. I don't think there's any, but I think there's because there's none that involve taking a life or what people would consider taking a life. You make but, the decision to take your own life, and yeah. but the doctor can't do it. But, but, but we I mean, do that as well. Day, when, I, when, I, when I said pull the plug on my dad, I, I essentially said kill my dad. You didn't, they didn't kill your dad. They pulled the plug. It was something keeping your dad alive. And they took that plug out. They couldn't give your dad, they couldn't assist him in killing himself. They pulled the plug and if he lives, that, he lives. True. If he dies, he dies. They didn't Stop actually kill him. You, and you stopped thing, providing him medical support. When you look at abortion, think about this. And again, I said, I'm pro-choice, but think about it. 
nearly every. We got you on record. You don't have to keep saying it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted to make you. sure everybody had their their opinions out there. Or if you were to shoot and kill someone that's pregnant, it doesn't matter if she's in the first trimester, second trimester, whatever trimester she's in, you are going to be tried for murder of that child. If they sued you, you are going to be liable for that life that is inside of her, even if she's in that first trimester. So is that not a conflict with what the federal government is trying to do when they tried to say, okay, they looked at viability. And they say there's no viability in the first trimester, but then they say, okay, if you kill someone and they have a baby inside of them and they're in that first trimester, it's counted as a life. So on one point, it's counted as a life. One point, it's not. But yeah, I don't each, think that's a conflict. Each time the woman decides, yeah, like each time the woman decides. Mm-hmm. No, no, but I'm not talking so about you, a woman like, deciding. Like, I'm talking about the fact that they counted as a life. Yeah, because that woman, that woman has chosen to keep it. So at the time she's killed, she planned on keeping that baby and having it. That was her choice. So she's counting that. She's counting that as a life. But she might be planning on having an abortion. You you killed her. You can't you can't ask her if she was or not. Right, but that's not even my point. My point is, <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up. You brought it up. <laughs> my point is when you look at the law. Right. When no. you look at the law, at one point, the law is saying that this is a life, because if you were to kill that woman and I were to sue you, I'm going to sue you for the life of my unborn child and my wife. However, mm-hmm. when I look at the abortion law and you talk about the fact that this isn't a life yet, you're looking at two different things. So the law now is saying, no, that's not a life. We're looking at viability. They can't live sustained life on themselves. I, I, I feel like that's different. That's like when somebody gets in a car accident and they can't work anymore. You have to look at their earning potential, right? You have to look at future state to say why. And that's why they count that as a life because they're looking at future state. This would have become a life had you not taken that woman's life, had you not stopped this pregnancy, right? That is very different than a woman with her body saying that I am not going to do that, right? I'm not going to allow this to become a life. That's very different. And so I, I I think when you look at it from a legal spe- perspective, I don't I don't see those as the same because when when you decided externally to do that, right, they they have to look at that situation very, very differently than in this certain situation, this woman decided to have a medical procedure to stop this from progressing to become a life. And so I and, and that that's that's always that been opinion? the abortion is that, is that argument, doctrine? right? When is life when is it considered life? Like, you know, anti-abortionists say at, at conception it's life. Science says it's at 21 weeks or whatever it is. And and so, and, and I think the other part about it is a lot of people have to understand that pro-choice does not mean pro-abortion. Just like we said, like I'm, I'm 100% like all on the board, but I've, I've held the hand of four different women, not, not mine, I, I, not all mine, I'm not going to say that, but I've held the hand of four different women going through abortions. It is a very deeply personal you know, decision uh, for those women. And, and so to be like, oh yeah, they're just out there willy-nilly doing this, it, it is definitely not that. Those women are making decisions based on what they see, what they need for their bodies, for their life, and for their livelihood. And, and, and so... I, I I mean even on a moral perspective, but even just just going back to the legal perspective of it, it's 
it is 100% enshrined in the Constitution that you have privacy. It is 100% enshrined in the Constitution. So it is constitutional. But what does abortion have to do with privacy? Again, you... It's privacy. Privacy of my, of my body and what I do with my body. You can try to tie it together and say that it... No, and it, so if, if that's the case, if that's the case, HIPAA is not constitutionally... Uh, the, the, the government has no authority to do HIPAA. Why not? Well, that, that's what you're, you're just saying. I don't have a right to privacy. You said constitution, federal, that's, federal that's government. You're saying different. federal government. Th- th- that's different. You're talking about sharing information and uh-huh. the right to make you a decision. You have the right to privacy. 100%. Is, you're, you're, you have the right to privacy. What I am saying is you having an abortion does not fall under the right to privacy. That is not why, the why same not? thing. Now, you, if you said, okay, if I have an abortion, you can't go out and broadcast and tell the whole world, that falls into the same thing as HIPAA. That's the right to privacy. But you mm-hmm. can't use that as a legal standard. You can't use that as the Supreme Court's legal standard to say, okay, you have a right to privacy so you can have an abortion. It doesn't tie. The right to privacy I- talks about invasion of your home. It talks about them searching a uh, search and seizure, illegal search and seizure. What What do you think but, HIPAA but is? Law, HIPAA, they, they, HIPAA this... is I'm not sharing my medical information, right? I can't I can't share medical information. This, this I can't is, I can't broadcast it. I can't tell people what happened with my medical uh, information. You can't you can't so make you fact, can't though. make laws that are discriminatory against race or sex. This one hundred percent only affects women. And telling them what they have to do, and that and that and we have laws so, against that in itself. What are you about to say, Ferg? So I think I think Fred, in the way he, because I'm still I'm just I'm just I'm really not going to chime in too much, but I just want to make clarity. So I think the way Fred best explained is like the Supreme Court. This should have never been. It's almost like my bad. I shouldn't have made. I shouldn't have said. Y'all figure it out. And it's not whether they're right or wrong for making a decision. It's like, hey, we shouldn't even be in and, this and, and conversation. That, that part I 100% disagree with. Because like I said, their job is to interpret laws. It's very interesting. I don't want to take up the whole <laughs> show uh, we on did. this. I mean, we're, at, we're at an hour uh, now, so yeah, we won't get another question. Uh, with that being said, fellas, let's go ahead and close it out, man. Uh, Who's up first? Appreciate Fred coming on, man. Uh, I think you definitely brought um, a different angle to the whole topic of Roe Ro v. Wade. And, uh, you know, I just hope people got something from it. Um, amidst, among all the yelling we've been doing at each other on social media and in public, uh, I think it was a good conversation. Uh, the only thing I just want to say, I kind of mentioned it before we got into the whole abortion talk, is that, you know, vote that's one of the, I know it sounds simple but that's one of the most important things you can do like when I saw how many people were upset at the Supreme Court decision I automatically went to okay well who did you vote for in 2016 and like first said no you can't foresee Trump getting three Supreme Court picks but that's why you vote to have the best possible person that's running in there because you can't predict anything that's going to come up uh, during the year so but you want the best person to handle it and you know because she wasn't this perfect person a lot of people stayed home or voted for pretty much threw away their votes there are no perfect candidates 
There are no perfect candidates. There are no perfect candidates. When it, you, you come down to your choices, you pick who you think is best, and you go out there and exercise your right. Because now there are millions of people that are upset about this uh, Supreme Court decision, and it literally could have been avoided had some of them came out and vote. And now you're stuck with what you got. We got a midterm coming up. Uh, the Senate has signaled that they would like to finally make it a law. They can't do it right now with the 50-50 that they have as far as Democrats are concerned. So if you're that passionate about it, yeah, I know you want to march and all that stuff, make funny social media posts. But if you don't vote, all that other shit is for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Especially you folks in Georgia. Because, um, you know, Warnock uh, and, and those guys, I mean... They're, they're, it's going to be hard fight for uh, them when they come up for re-election. So just kind of think through that. But talking about elections and why they matter, uh, I wanted to talk through uh, L.A. County. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. They gave back Bruce's Beach. Uh, so Bruce's Beach was mm-hmm. uh, a, a waterfront property in L.A. County that was owned by some black people. And basically, they tried to force them back out. KKK back in the 19, like 1912, 1920s or whatever, tried to force them out and everything. Uh, and then when they wouldn't leave, the city came in and basically eminent domain them and put them out for, uh, I think they paid them $1,200. Or no, the family paid $1,200 for the beach in 1912. Uh, and so finally, um, they, they sued for it. LA County gave it back to them. Uh, and uh, now they're going to lease it back to the, the county for I think 400 and something thousand dollars a year, $400,000 a year uh, with an option to buy for at least $20 million. So um, not a bad you know outcome, but it's only because people went out and voted, put the city council in that would actually vote and make this thing happen. Uh, the governor, it had to go all the way up to the governor to let that gift be gifted back uh, because even though they were returning stolen property, uh, it still had to be considered a gifting back without taxes and all that other stuff. Uh, so it took a lot of work to get that, to make it happen. Um, and so just shout out to that county, the state for making making a little bit of reparations and making things right uh, from that stolen property. Fred, you got anything? Uh, just appreciate you guys letting me come on and join you as they said you need to get out and vote <clears throat> uh, midterms coming up as I said before the reason I'm pushing to let you know this and make it illegal was to let you know that you can get out and find a way to make your voice be heard stop with the social media posts stop with the just talking about things educate yourself get out vote if you truly want to have a choice when midterms come up, when your local elections happen, get out and vote. Make a difference. That's awesome, man. Uh, thank you for ever joining us. I've been telling Fred I'm going to get him on the show for God knows how long. Um, so I did it. Proud of myself. Pat on the back. Yay, me. Uh, got a couple more people on that list. So we went off, went off for me uh, this week too, Rising. So we got to get woo on there. But my thing is a little less serious and just I think it's progress. You know, we we I keep seeing these posts where people are upset about people pushing gay agenda and all this other stuff. You know, there's been big 
pushback on P-Valley, which I've never watched a single episode. I don't even know what it's about. Um, but something as simple as I'm watching Young Justice, getting caught up on Young Justice, and cartoons and media today are just hitting on all topics. I mean, to have a cartoon in 20, that came out in 2020, but I think they're really just showing it today. They talked about um, uh, gender, gender identity, sexuality, uh, polyamorous relationships, um, name it. I mean, religion. They talked about somebody converting to Islam, them looking at their journey, Christianity, uh, interracial marriages, everything in a cartoon these days. I mean, it it hit on every little social aspect of it. And it's when we talk about representation, I think that's a start. It wasn't thrown in your face. They did it to a, a, at a point where people can accept it. I'm pretty sure some people got upset and they're not going to watch it anymore. But I can really tip my hat to that those creators trying to push the envelope and uh, hit on topics and inclusion. So hats off to the DCU DC universe. Young justice is on HBO max. They just came out a new season. I heard recently. And so I've been binging and catching up. It's pretty, it's Mm -hmm. pretty good this season. So I don't know if you guys watched it, but it's just good to see that media and you know, things are catching up with some of the issues and really striving in a, and I think a tactful way to include everybody. Anything else? Oh, and before I may we have go? to edit this out. I got to make sure that it's a cool, but I do want to shout out um, my niece, Ariel. Um, she actually came out um, on social media this week. And so um, shout out to you. Just know that you're loved. Um, you know, I'm proud of you for living your truth. Um, and and so whatever you need from me, Uncle Rossi got you. Nothing else. Um, but you know, just shout out, man, for anybody that's that's you know dealing with being uncomfortable with living their truth and going through the depression and 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 feeling bad and all of that. Um, because you can't um, just know that you know just as many people that are going to be down on you there's just as many people that got your back and that's supporting you so um, you know don't don't be scared so that's all I got man alright with that being said take you guys next week's three brothers no sense listen like share subscribe comment and most importantly listen again see ya